This is Breakaway, a women's soccer podcast covering industry events, emerging teams, and the latest on league developments. Welcome your co-host, Megan and Chase. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to Breakaway. We are deep into our episodes in 2024. Second year of our podcast coming in hot. Um, I think we're coming up on our one year pretty soon. But our podcast is covering the latest events for women's soccer all around the world. And I am your co-host, Megan. And I am your co-host, Chase. And we are so excited for today's topic. We will be discussing the increase in the NWSL salary caps um, and how that compares to the WSL and the MLS um, and all things salaries and pay and just our favorite topic to talk about, which is money. (laughs) Yes. We love money. (laughs) Um, But to start us off, we're going to do two icebreakers today, one soccer related, one not. So we'll start with the non-soccer related one. So Chase, what is it? It's so dumb. Um, (laughs) What's your least favorite baby name? (laughs) My sister just had a baby. And so that was the first question that came to my mind. What's your least favorite baby name? Do Do you know what? the first one that came to my mind was Frank. I can imagine <laughs> naming a boy, baby boy, Frank. That is kind of a weird name. Sorry if your name's Frank out there. <laughs> yeah. How about you? <laughs> um. Oh, you know, I feel like I should have came up with an answer to my own question before I asked such a ridiculous question, but I did not. Um. Oh boy. I don't know. Just like some like super... God, what's like a really boring like accountant name? Like Bob. That's like my who would name a baby name. Bob? Oh, okay. Well, like every grandpa's name is Bob. <laughs> Do you know anyone our age or below whose name is Bob? No. Who's not boring? Sorry <laughs> if your name's Bob. <laughs> yeah, this was such a divisive question for you to ask, Chase. Sorry, I'm just it's how I feel. <laughs> Uh, okay well anyways my question (laughs) is besides Minneapolis because I know that would be both of our answers what city would you like to see next for the NWSL oh that is a really good question that's such a better question than mine (laughs) um Boston well Chase that's happening I know it's happening but I want it to happen now Fine. If it wasn't Boston, then Austin, Texas, they, they don't have one, right? No, they don't. Houston. Okay, does. That'd be my answer. Austin, Texas. Mine would probably be Atlanta. I'm so confused why they don't have one. That does blow my mind that they don't have one there, especially since U.S. Soccer Federation is moving their headquarters to Atlanta this year. Yeah. That's kind of where my head went. It's like this city is booming with soccer and they don't have a team yet but i think like obviously minneapolis would be my number one i would love for women's soccer in the nwsl to come here and i know we talked about like the usl or whatever that league that they were trying to make it like on the same level as nwsl but i have not heard anything about that i was gonna ask if you've have you heard any headlines about that league because i haven't heard anything so no so i don't know how that's going for them but i mean minnesota aurora is is doing well where they're at and they sell out their games and 
they have a lot of fans here. So I'm like, come on, the the need and hunger is there, but we'll get there. We'll get there. It's still early days. Remember, they just finished their second year ever. So I'd say I'd give it three to five more years. I could see it coming a different team that's not even the Aurora personally. I would be surprised. I would be surprised if they do that. I feel like Aurora is going to be uplisted to the NWSL. I think that's I think that's part of their goal. We should interview someone from there. We should. Hey, if anyone from your from your team is listening, Minnesota Aurora, come on to Breakaway. You're more than welcome to to hang out with Megan and I. We're a really fun duo. We'll ask you all the great questions. All right, shall we jump into what yeah. it is that we're talking about today? Yeah, what is it? <laughs> we're talking about money, salary caps, allocations, how different leagues handle this whole topic because every single league does it differently. And some leagues are much more complicated than others. Some leagues make a lot of sense. Other leagues, MLS, are so overly complicated that it doesn't even make sense to dive into the nitty gritty of what their whole process is because it's so redundant. So we are going to focus more on the NWSL today as that is the most um, important to us at this moment because they did have a recent upgrade, I would say. We are going to look into the NWSL salary increase for 2024 um, in comparison to the WSL in England and the MLS, which Chase will dive into later. But right now, Chase, can you just give us, lay the groundwork to salary caps? What does that mean? What verbiage um, is useful to understand it? Obviously, we are not experts in this. Uh, Chase is way more of an expert than I am. So that is why he's going to explain. <laughs> yes. So it gets a little it gets a little confusing. So I'll try my best to keep it pretty simple. Um, I think the best way to do this is through an analogy. So I'm going to keep it limited to just what salary caps are and what allocation money is. Um, so to kind of help understand this concept, imagine the NWSL is like is it's some type of business. Like let's say it's like a bakery, right? With limited dough. And dough in this case is money. And it uses this dough to make its pies, which is what the players are, right? So NWSL has a certain limited amount of money to acquire and develop players. So in the bakery sense, here's how they quote unquote bake. So salary caps, this is the total amount of dough that each bakery or what each team in the NWSL gets to spend on players each and every single year. So think of it as like a gigantic bag of flour. So in 2024, this is the, the exciting thing with NWSL, each bakery or team has $2.75 million worth of flour or salary cap. And they can use this flour to buy different ingredients, which in this case would be like paying different player salaries, right? Each player brings something different to the team, the pie. It's kind of the same idea. More expensive ingredients, so like star players, use more flour, which leaves less for others. And then it gets a little more convoluted with the concept of allocation money. But we won't have to worry about this all that much longer because it is going away in 2026, but it's still in effect right now. Um, so allocation money, think of it as like a, it's like a sweetener. It's bonus dough that some bakeries can use to buy extra pies. And in this case, in 2023, 
the most amount of allocation money that a team could receive was $600,000. And it could be used to pay for expensive ingredients, so uh, star players, in addition to the salary cap money that each player is given. This allocation money can also be used to buy ingredients from other bakeries. So to acquire or to transfer players from other teams, this money can be used to help finance this. But like I said, this bonus dough is being phased out completely in 2026. So after 2026, bakeries or teams will just have regular flour that they can use. Why, 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 why do we have these things? Why do we have salary caps? Why do we have allocation money? Um, salary caps, the main idea behind them is that it keeps things fair, right? It makes it really hard for rich bakeries, aka rich teams, to buy all of the best ingredients, right? Some teams are going to have a lot more resources than other teams, you know, teams in bigger cities, teams that have bigger fan bases, teams that have bigger investors, their ability to buy players is going to be higher. And so the salary cap puts a limit for how much teams can spend on players to try to make it fair so that less well-resourced teams have a fair shot at acquiring good talent as well. Allocation money is, think of it as flexibility money, right? Like salary tries to keep things very fair. Allocation money is given to teams to kind of help get around the fairness, try to give yeah. them like a little extra oomph. Sorry, when I, not to interrupt you, when I looked into the allocation too, that was like introduced in 2018 to milk in a lot, not us making all these dairy references, like to put in more money into the league to develop it further. Mm -hmm. And it didn't even have to be used towards players specifically, but if they wanted that allocation money to go towards um, certain equipment they wanted or, or the field or, or anything to kind of like invest into the teams. And from for 2024 season and beyond, there will be no allocation money. But if you had allocation money sitting from previous years, it has to be used by 2026, just to clear that up. Yep. No, appreciate that. Yeah. But as I was trying to educate myself on, on these terms as well, I kept having this question of like, okay, I understand what these things are now, but where does all of this money come from? Like who distributes salary cap money? Where does allocation money come from? Um, I'm going to start with allocation money. That's actually a little bit more simple. So with allocation money, it can come from different places within the NWSL. So the first place is from team ownership group contributions. So, you know, teams themselves can choose to purchase allocation money from the league. Think of it as like a credit. If that, if that helps, like you can buy credits from the league that you can use later. This money can come from individual team owners, so not necessarily the league itself. And then these funds can also come from league awards and compensations. So like one example is um, when the San Diego Wave and Angel City FC received some allocation money for joining their league, it was kind of seen as like a sweetener. So with salary cap, that is a little more interesting. So this money can come from all sorts of different revenue drivers, right? So the NWSL makes money from various different outlets. You know, that could be from media rights, that can be from sponsorships, ticketing sales, merchandise, league fees, and various other sources. And so they gather all of this money every single year, and then they budget a specific portion of that money 
towards salary caps, and then they distribute it to the teams within the league. So I hope that made sense. That was the best attempt that I could give in regards to using an analogy to explain this. No, I but think that was great. Perfect. Um, it made Thanks. sense to me too. So. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> the bar is low. <laughs> or, no, wait. The bar is high to make it make sense to me. Um, but in general, too, I can go over some key things about the NWSL's uh, major updates this year. So it went from 1.375 million in 2023 to that 2.75 million that Chase had briefly mentioned before. Um, so that does mean that each of the league's 14 teams will have $775,000 more to work with uh, than they did last season because there was an allocation up to 600000 that they could have bought into last year from the NWSL. And so the NWSL is claiming that that salary cap increase is to be seen as a suitable replacement for allocation money, which they are phasing out. That is per CBS. So those are just like brief overview of that. But to see that jump from like 1.37 million to 2.75, I think that's pretty cool. That is really cool. And just seeing the, I can't remember if it was directly tied to this. I think it was um, the minimum salary that each player can get as well went up by quite a bit, which makes sense. Like if you're going to give these teams a lot more money to help make the distribution more fair, the minimum amount that you can give a player increased as well. Um, so for the NWSL, this increased their minimum salary to $35,000 per year with a 4% year-over-year increases for the duration of this agreement. Average total compensation, so across all players, uh, raised to $54,000. Um, and it increases the number and amount of player bonuses, um, which is really cool. And then there's also revenue sharing opportunities for players to receive 10% of net broadcast revenues, which is huge. That's probably going to be the, the bigger revenue drive, um, especially as soccer leagues, particularly in the United States, continue to push farther and farther and farther for implementing broadcasting revenue streams yeah. in their business model. You're seeing that uh, invested heavily in MLS right now with Apple TV, and you're starting to see it with NWSL as well. A few episodes back, we we did some, we covered the new NWSL broadcasting sponsorship agreement, which greatly expanded the coverage that NWSL games are going to get. So yeah, um, that needs to be taken into account as well. And did you hear that the NWSL release a, they're going to have like a streaming platform like via NWSL? I did. I did hear that. That is really cool. Which is really nice because a lot of these games are being broadcasted on so many different uh, media outlets that it can be a little tricky to uh, determine where you should be going to view these games. Yeah. So help consolidate that a little bit, make it easier for the fans. I will say, too, the allocation money was phased in in 2020 or shortly before the 2020 season. So I was mistakenly wrong. I said 2018, but fact checking myself as we speak. <laughs> and then also to put it in perspective, this increase, like the league salary cap sat at 650,000 four years ago. That's crazy. It's and gone then, up so much. What is that? Like a four to five X I'm closer yeah. to four X. Yeah. And then the allocation money first introduced was 300,000. So that gets you to almost a million, but not even. 
you know and for mm-hmm. that to be like us at 2.75 million this year that's so cool that is really cool so looking at we're gonna look at the wsl a little bit so the wsl stands for women's super league we do not talk about them nearly as much as we probably should so it is the women's professional league in england and how they approach salary caps is a lot different than than wsl so or in the wsl they have a salary cap system where clubs can spend up to 40 percent of their turnover on salaries but that does include the parent club so what's different about the wsl compared to the nwsl Wow, they're really close. Um, (laughs) The WSL is kind of like, I don't even know if we have the equivalent in the United States now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, you can look at it as like the national team. There's a women's and there's a men's and they're all under U.S. soccer, I guess, is the closest thing I can think of. Um, But if they have Manchester City men's team that is Chase's favorite they also have a women's side of that as well. And so that parent club is technically like Manchester City that would house both men and women. I think people understand. I'm over explaining this, but so no, it's okay. I think it's good. <laughs> they can use that that 40% can come out of their bottom line with both clubs. So an issue that has arised in the WSL is these major clubs like Arsenal, Man City, Chelsea have really just dominated in the WSL because they have more money to allocate. Hence, you get better players. So pros is that's pumping more money into women's soccer, which is cool to see these clubs that, you know, we all know as like powerhouses for men as well probably allocating some of their money from the men's side to the women's, which is really cool to see. Um, But how does that, you know, help with disparities between say a smaller team like Leeds United or something like that? So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like, do you see the way it's structured in the WSL to be better or worse for women's soccer compared to the NWSL? I think, you know, it's, I guess you kind of have to ask yourself where these two different leagues are in the growth stage. Um, I feel like given where the NWSL is right now with really trying to grow its presence with new emerging teams and just trying to not just develop, but funnel additional talent in NWSL, I think it makes more sense to have the structure that they have right you can think of the nwsl structure as trying to be more equal and the structure that is over in europe not necessarily as much right like if you're associated with a much richer much more well-established team you can reap the benefits of that if you're an emerging team you're you're really putting up a fight to 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 compete Obviously, each one has its pros and cons, like you can make a lot more money if you play over in Europe. Um, But at the same time, if you are over in NWSL, um, you might have better opportunity, right? Because each team has has more equal resources. There's more opportunity to join a really good team. So I think for NWSL, it makes more sense as they continue to try to grow their presence and to bring on more and more teams. Um, I know that's a really aggressive part of their growth strategy over the next decade is introducing a lot more teams to the league, giving each team a somewhat level playing ground, um, at least when they first get initiated, I think is more beneficial. You have to think too, like the NWSL has to remain competitive 
worldwide, like if they want to keep securing players to come here. But I think the more I've looked into it and comparing them to the, you know, leagues abroad, like that you're right. The NWSL has a competitiveness that other leagues will struggle to get because of the, you know, inequalities. But also I look at the WSL, like their attendance records, like we are half of that. If, if that, like they're farther along in some things where we're farther along in others, like the competitiveness of the NWSL is unmatched compared to, you know, these three teams just dominating in Europe or in England over and over again. Or you look at Barcelona, like how they've just dominated in Spain and like no one else can catch up to them. So, but it's going to be interesting. Like right now the NWSL has done a really good job of getting some star players from Europe to come over. And I'm, I would like to be a fly on the wall in those negotiations of explaining like the value benefit of coming to the NWSL, because I can't imagine, I know Bay FC just got a player from, Barcelona and I can't imagine like leaving Barcelona who has won like Champions League after Champions League and deciding to come over. I can't It'd be like the reason why Messi came over to MLS to help grow the the space of soccer in the United States to be a part of that legacy. Well, I did hear that Bay FC is approaching like they want to say they've their motto is like that we're going to have a different football than the rest of the NWSL. And so I think they're trying to bring the pace of Europe women's soccer which is a lot slower and there's a lot more in the build-up whereas nwsl is a lot more attacking and aggressive form of play and so that's kind of bay fc's thing is they want to bring european soccer basically uh to the states which will be cool to see how that is developed that is going to be interesting well okay Sorry to not give you a ton of time, Chase, to talk about the MLS, but let's talk quickly comparing what salary caps look like between the two. Yep. No worries. I don't want to go too deep into MLS because, like I said before, the MLS has a very, very, very confusing mixture of rules, you know, stretching all the way from American professional sports and global soccer. Like you have rules from multiple different governing bodies. Uh, kind of co-mingling together and I don't really know what it's trying to achieve by doing all this I feel like it's a mixture of like trying to keep things on a more fair level playing field but also trying to create some flexibility with paying star players good salaries because like let's be real that's a really good attraction point right like if you're like a star global player and a European team is offering you like a hundred million dollars, but the MLS can only offer you like five million dollars, right? Like it's gonna be kind of a no-brainer. So I feel like that's why things are so confusing right now. But I'll just go over some some basic figures. So the minimum salary for MLS players right now is eighty-four thousand dollars. That's for non-reserve active players, right? Um, so reserves can be paid as little as $65,500 um, in MLS. The maximum salary is $612,500. And this is where things get a little bit confusing, unless the player is given something called a designated player contract. And each club can have three designated player contracts per season. And what makes these people special is that they have no maximum salary. I, I don't know why, but whatever. The maximum salary cap, though, in MLS is $4.9 million, so a little less than twice the amount that NW 
NWSL now has. But NWSL is catching up and it's doing so at a really fast pace. So as long as things continue to go in this direction. And like I said at the beginning, a big part of this budget is based off of the money that is brought in from broadcasting rights, sponsorships, ticketing sales. So as the league naturally gets bigger and bigger and more viewers are tuning into these games and more sponsorships are investing in women's soccer in the United States, you should start to see the salary cap, the salary cap gap shrinking between these two different leagues. Um, But that's where it currently stands right now for MLS. Honestly, the gap was smaller than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Yeah, it was smaller than I thought it was going to be too. Um, I mean, if we were to have done this episode, what, just a small handful of years ago, gap would have been huge. Yeah. (laughs) It does kind of blow my mind just how small the salary caps were when the NWSL was first formed. Um, One thing that does surprise me, though, not to get off topic, is still how small the awards are, like the for getting like player of the year for winning the NWSL league. Like some of these uh, bonuses that players get are so small, like only $5,000, only $3,000, only $1,000 for being named like top goalkeeper of the league. Like, which it's come from a long point because I read an article where in the very beginning, if you like the top goalkeeper got like a $50 Chipotle gift card as their bonus, like, oh, congratulations. Like, that's just absurd. So I'm glad that they're actually getting like money now. Um, but yeah. it still blows my mind just how small those rewards are. I wonder what like FIFA pays out for their awards for women because like I hear about the MLS and all of these regulations stuff they try to get around. And ha- part of me is like, man, people care a lot more about women or men's soccer than women's. Like it is dice that we don't have to worry about as much, but it's like, oh, that's because people care more about men, like not people i people in power i should say care more about it and i like at the rate that like the nwsl is has an easier time being competitive around the world in my opinion than the mls like the hill the uphill bat like the nwsl is top three best women's leagues in the world already right like Mm -hmm. for sure it was it would probably be england france and u.s would be my guess maybe spain in there too for women's but then you look at like men's and it's you know england spain france like germany you have like even like south american like brazilian leagues might even be above mls um in some instances in terms of like viewership and all of Mm -hmm. that fun jazz so it's like i feel like that gap could get real tiny real fast if the nwsl and potentially not even there and potentially revert like inverse hopefully that would be my hope. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if the NWSL becomes or, you know, continues to be one of the top leagues in the world for women's soccer, I don't see how it couldn't close because obviously yeah. MLS is not. It's no. nowhere close. Like soccer is so men's soccer specifically is so much bigger in different parts of the world, especially Europe. I mean, that's where all the money is, really. Some of the salaries that those players make are insane. Yeah. Like $300 and- million dollars just crazy money and i mean that that is a testament to the 99ers and just the development of women's soccer within the united states which you know it it makes me excited to be somewhat a part of it like just as a fan in the united states to be a part of what the nwsl is doing and um the salary 
cap increase is just the start. And hopefully it allows for us to attract more and more amazing players to the United States. We're seeing that with the Bay FC team and even like the Spanish player that came to Gotham midseason. And like there's just there's so many examples of of that. And it's cool to see because as much as I wanted U.S. players to go overseas, it's cool to see the opposite happening as well. Yeah, it really is. All right, so we're coming up on our time. How do we, how would you like to recap everything that we've talked about today so far, Megan, for the listeners who have managed to stick around during all this financial discussion? I feel like we did a good job at not making that uh, purely informational, but putting our two cents in there. Um, But overall, NWSL increased their salary cap to 2.75 million removing any allocation money, but teams might have allocation money to use by the end of 2026 season uh, from previous seasons that they've tapped into. And it remains competitive in terms of um, the WSL. Uh, It makes it so that the NWSL is more equal and uh, focused on growth and uh, more opportunities for women. And uh, the gap is closing between MLS and NWSL. That is a quick hit summary (laughs) no i think that's great i think you touched on the main points i couldn't have said it any better well thank you guys for listening we'll be back soon all right take care everyone thank you for tuning in if you enjoyed this episode please take a moment to rate us and leave us a review your feedback helps us improve and reach more listeners like you also don't forget to follow us on instagram at breakaway podcast for updates on our latest episodes and behind the scenes content. We appreciate your support and hope you'll join us for our next episode.